Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon. If you found yourself here, it means you are ready to unleash the powerful visionary that lives inside you, turning you into an authentic leader who creates influence, impact, and change. Let's get started. Hello, ladies, 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 and the few amazing men (laughs) that listen to me gab all week. Hi, welcome to the Influencer Podcast. It is Julie Solomon, and I'm so excited to be here for another amazing New Year, New Us episode. If you were able to catch last week's episode that was all about the hardship of 2021 and how we are stepping into some new light and some new love for 2022, it was an amazing episode. I loved hearing your feedback. A lot of you sent me some messages, which were awesome. So thank you so much for that. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, um, I would recommend listening to it. It's episode 246, and it's about how to leave last year behind if it was rough for you um, and step into what this year has to offer. And with what this year has to offer, we're going to be talking about something today that has been a huge awakening in my own life. And I can't wait to share what this is revolving around this fear that I always knew that I had, but I didn't know how crippling it had made my life. And discovering this fear last year when I was writing my book, which is coming out in June of this year, which is crazy, um, I discovered how crippling this fear had been in my life. And then through the writing process, I learned how to release it. And I'm going to be sharing that with you today. And with that said, I think that it's important that any any new year that we have to, to really kind of take stock of what it is that we're wanting to, to step into. Um, you know, some people don't like New Year's for that reason because they're like, oh, it's just another day. It's just another month. But at least for me, and I think the same as for a lot of you, there is this this breath of fresh air that comes in with a new year. And I'm able to really embrace it with love and with clarity and with gentleness. You know, I I can be very hard on myself, which I'm going to be sharing about today. But whenever there's a new year, I tend to really step into it with with warmth. And that's where I am today. I'm in a really, really beautiful mood. And so I'm so excited to share my day with you. And um, I want to dive in. Before we do that, I want to share that in a couple of weeks, I have a brand new free challenge. Now, I have not done a challenge since 2017. (laughs) It has been a minute. But I'm doing a challenge to help you get what you want. Um, As I was just saying, with stepping into this new year and wanting to overcome blocks, blocks like fear, the things that we're going to be talking about today, and really realizing what's possible. So I created a challenge back in December, and um, I'm really excited to share uh, share share it with you guys soon. And it is called the Get What You Want Challenge, and it's how to um, overcome your blocks, realize what's possible, and get what you want in just 28 days. The challenge begins on February 2nd, and we're going to be unlocking the website um, where you can join for free. And you're going to not only get to be a part of the 28-day challenge, which is broken up into four weeks, but you're also going to get a free workbook, and you're going 
to be invited into a community group on Facebook that we're going to have open throughout the challenge and for several months after for added encouragement and accountability. So if you are someone who you're unclear uh, about what you want and how to get it, or you think that getting what you want is impossible, you struggle to overcome what's holding you back, you've been living with your limits for too long, and you feel lost, um, this is going to be the perfect challenge for you. I know what all of those feelings feel like because I live with them all the time. And through this new method that I have been working on and working through, I have been able to unlock a lot of this in my own life and in my own work and to step into a new place of power and a new place of really of self-love. And I can't wait to share that with you. So in a couple of weeks, I'll go ahead and give you the URL. Again, it does not work yet. So if you go there today, it's not going to work. But just go ahead and bookmark it. It's juliesolomon.net slash free gift. And I will definitely let you know here on the podcast or if you are a subscriber to my email list, um, you'll be the first to know exactly when that opens. But you can bookmark that. And here in a couple of weeks, we're going to open that up so you can join the free challenge and start to get what you want, because this is the year to do just that. And without further ado, one of the steps in getting what we want is figuring out what it is that we don't want and what I don't want in my life anymore. And what I want to support you in releasing, if you don't want this in your life anymore, is this fear, this fear that we're talking about today. So there's a lot of fears that we can have in life and work and parenting and partnerships. And some of the common ones, I'll, I'll share them with you that I hear. Fear of abandonment, fear of getting old, <laughs> fear of disapproval, fear of dying, fear of financial or some kind of economic insecurity happen happening. That's a big one, like fear of living under a bridge. Fear of losing a child or someone that you love. Fear of not being enough. That's a big one. And fear of rejection. Those are really the big ones that I hear about. Now, there's two other ones that kind of go hand in hand, but there's one in specific that I want to talk about. There's fear of failure and fear of success. We've heard of that. But then there's this other one, and this is the one that I really had to sit with for a while last year. And I had to do a lot of work around this fear to figure out why I had this fear, how it was keeping me small and how to unlock it. And this was the fear of being found out. So if you know of this fear, if you have it yourself, um, this idea of being found out, some of you may know it as imposter syndrome. So this idea of being exposed or found out as being a fraud. And, you know, I've heard of imposter syndrome for a long time. I've definitely dealt with imposter syndrome um, throughout my life on various things. But when I discovered it to be, when it was said to me, or I guess when I read it as this different thing, this fear of being found out, it's like it unlocked this, this Pandora's box in me of just years of really delusional thinking and how I was 
living my life and how I was playing small because of this idea of, of being found out for something that I was or wasn't. And so I want to walk through this with you all today because it's been quite, it's been quite a eye-opening discovery for me. And it's also been a very healing one. And if you have ever dealt with imposter syndrome or feeling like a fraud, this is the episode for you. So let's dive in. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business Go to kajabi.com slash influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Now, being the teacher, researcher, factor, fact finder that I am, I had to dive into some of the psychology behind this. And so imposter syndrome or the fear of being found out is actually, it is described as, defined as a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. And then it goes on to say that despite any type of external evidence of their competence or of their achievements, they remain convinced 
that they are frauds and do not deserve all that they have achieved. Um, people with imposter syndrome tend to incorrectly attribute their success to luck or to some kind of external thing. And when I was discovering this again, and I mentioned it was kind of, it was when I was writing my book, because one of the biggest fears that was coming up was that like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be found out that I don't know how to write a book. <laughs> like I'm going to put this book out there and people are going to read it and they're going to be like, she doesn't know how to write a book. Well. Now, because of what I discovered, it's like, well, no crap. <laughs> I've never written a book. Doesn't mean it's bad. So I had to dive deeper into this because it was keeping me up at night and, and I, I couldn't figure out. I was like, you know, why, why have, is this, has this been a pattern in my life, which it had been. And so I started diving into it and it started making me think back to when, you know, I was even in high school and I remember I would purposely like hide things from my parents or leave things out of conversations or just lie to them because I was afraid of getting in trouble, which that in and of itself got me in trouble. And so there was this cycle that I saw this pattern of like, why am I so afraid of being found out? Why am I so afraid of getting in trouble? Why am I so afraid of just being who I am? And then someone exposing me of that. And I think that that's really what it comes down to for me is that fear of exposure, that fear of being exposed as someone that I'm not, as a fraud, as a fake, as a phony, whatever it is. And what I discovered through journaling and writing about this and really getting honest with myself, and I talk a lot about it in the book. I share a lot of, of just stories of my own personal life and, and what's kind of, you know, unraveled. It really is the fear. I think the fear of sharing yourself truly openly and then being shamed or rejected for it. And so that's where I really think it comes from. I think that, that the imposter syndrome ends up being a mask for this fear of showing up as your beautiful, perfect self imperfectly perfect self and then being rejected from someone or being rejected from by the world for just being you. And as I was diving into this, I found that there was a woman, there was two women actually back in the seventies. One's name was Pauline Clance, and they actually published an article about the imposter phenomenon and high, high achieving women, which I know a lot of you are. And so I, I define myself as that. I am someone that is a high achiever. I've achieved a lot and I want to achieve a lot. And so this was really curious to me and interesting to me. And so the way that, that Mrs. Clance, Dr. Clance, I don't know if she's a doctor or not, but the way that she describes this is that she measures imposter syndrome or the imposter phenomenon um, in, into six categories. And so, and here they are, I'm going to briefly kind of explain them. Um, the imposter cycle. So it's where like, you can't get off this rat, this rat race of feeling like you don't deserve what it is that you have or feeling like you, you, you're not good enough for it. So on and so forth. Then the need or the feeling to be the special or the best at something to be special, I'm sorry, or the best at something. Um, the characteristics of feeling like you need to be a Superman or Superwoman when you're achieving, 
um, the fear of failure. That was the fourth characteristic. The fifth one is denial of ability or discounting praise. And then the last one was the feeling of fear and the guilt about success. Now, Clant says that if you, if you have at least two of these aspects present, then you are probably in an imposter cycle, or you could be someone to, that could be characterized as someone with, with an imposter syndrome. But to me, I feel like they build upon each other and hear me out. <laughs> so I think it starts with a cycle that you are showing up and telling yourself, or someone made you believe at some point that you weren't enough, that you were a fraud. And so you go in this cycle and this fear of being found out. Then that fear, at least for me, that then created this need to be special or to want to be the best at something. And that's where the achievement comes in. So like, I need to achieve, I need to succeed, I need to be the best in order to make myself feel better about not feeling enough or feeling like a fraud. And then what that causes is the characteristics of Superman slash Superwoman. That when you start to achieve things, you feel like you need to achieve more. You feel like that you have to be some Superwoman that is just undestructible, undefeatable, undeniable. And then I think that, because no one can live up to that because it's not real, that then brings in the fear of failure. Oh my gosh, I'm going to fail at being a superwoman because superwoman doesn't exist. It's a fantasy. And so from that fear of failure, we go into the denial piece, the denial of our own abilities, and we start to discount our praise, our successes, our education, our ability to show up and to serve. And then from that denial, that's where the guilt comes in. That feeling of guilt about the success that we've, we've achieved. So I don't, that's the way that it, that I read it by this woman who created this back in the seventies, it was supposed to be just at least two or three of these aspects have to be present. But the way that I theorized her theory was like, oh, no, like all of these things are present and they actually all build on one another, at least for me in my life. And I think that it can show up in a lot of ways. I think it can show up in how we work, how we show up on Instagram, how we parent, how we show up as spouses. And I think that we can also pass it on. I think that it could have been passed on to us from parents or other people in our families or even teachers, you know, and we can pass it on to children or to people that we work with. Now, the other thing that I thought was interesting is that Clance talks about the gender differences. So she said that research has found that it is equally prevalent in men and women, this idea, this imposter phenomenon. However, the research shows that women commonly face imposter phenomenon in regard to performance, the perception or the ability to outperform someone else. Whereas for men, it's often driven by the fear of being unsuccessful or not good enough, which I thought that was really interesting because I thought it would have been flipped. 
But when I started thinking about it a little bit more, I was like, you know what? That makes sense because to me, performance and women feeling the need to outperform or overperform someone else, that just, that's where the comparison comes in. So when I started to think about this and do my own journaling, it was like a light bulb that went off. I was like, oh, of course, of course women face imposter syndrome in regards to performance and having this need to outperform other people because we're constantly comparing ourselves to other women. I don't think men are constantly comparing themselves to other men. I think that they're more comparing themselves to what their own you know, fear of success or achievement may be. Again, I'm not a man, so I can't speak for the men, but that's just what my, my interpretation of the situation. So with that said, that was huge for me that now I've been able to correlate where my fear of being found out comes from my need of having to be the best and being special, the characteristics of the superwoman, the fear of failure, denying, you know, all the good that we have done, the f- and then feeling the guilt, right? And and then it's like, oh, and why we're so performance focused is because we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and that gives us this false need of having to outperform other women. And the comparison what I discovered through this process and writing about it, and I, I really want you to hear this because this was, this was life-changing for me, what I'm about to say to you. Comparison is an act of violence against yourself. Let me say it again. Comparison is an act of violence against yourself because it steals your own ability to shine and show up in the world because you're so focused on someone else. And that was huge for me because when I, when I started to see it as an act of violence, like that is, that is some big words right there, but an act of violence upon myself, that is when I was like, okay, no more. I'm not doing this anymore. This is not getting me what I want. This is sick behavior. This is a pattern that needs to be broken. The other thing that I discovered with imposter syndrome and this fear of being found out, it's my opinion. I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist. I'm none of those things. I'm just sharing my own life experience, but I think it could also be potentially a form of narcissism because it actually, when we go into this idea of imposter syndrome, it actually makes us feel more important by feeling so significant in our own self-doubt and in our own suffering. So it just, it's, it's like a form of self-obsession. So now that we've laid all that stuff out on the table, um, I want to talk about, you know, how I worked through all of this and still working through a lot of this but how I was able to overcome a lot of it and start to feel lighter. And instead of feeling like an imposter, I started feeling more like a leader. And so the first thing that I knew that I had to do was have more awareness for what I was feeling, knowing 
that I wasn't alone and knowing that it was just a feeling and it was just a delusional thought. You know, it's like, oh, okay, here's that imposter syndrome idea coming through again and just kind of letting it be what it was instead of attaching something to it. That was the first key for me. I also started to look for look for the evidence that proved that wrong. You know, I think that we tend to be experts at dismissing evidence about us. So, you know, what is actually true? How have you actually been showing up in the world? What does your boss or your coworker or your clients or your customers say about you? How, what have you accomplished? What have you been trusted with? You know, how are you seen by your peers? What is that idea? And so I think that if you can create what I, what I call an evidence filter that allows you to step back, look at the facts and kind of talk about yourself in third person, like, oh, Julie is actually doing pretty well. You know, Julie was able to, you know, accomplish that goal that she had last month. You know, um, Susie said that Julie X, Y, and Z, like really look at it from an objective point. And this is where like huge awareness has to take place. And so if you can do an evidence filter, it's going to give you that awareness. So the first step is to normalize what you're feeling without shaming yourself for it. Start looking for the evidence. And then, you know, ask yourself, all of the people that have invested in me, all of the people that have trusted me to, you know, help them with something, to work with me, anyone that's ever hired me in in my lifetime, right? I want you to ask yourself this. If you were really a fraud, if you were really a phony, if you were really a fake, then that means that every single one of, of those people, that their judgment is wrong. Because maybe, maybe it's not their judgment that's wrong. You know, maybe you should trust their judgment above your own this time around. And so I think that that's, it's, it's looking at that self-judgment. And when you can think about not only everything that you've accomplished, but like who has, who has trusted you with something or someone who has said, you're, you're who I want for this, or I'm going to come and get counsel from you because I trust you. So if you can start to think of it in that way and really start to see that, you know, you're kind of the common denominator in it, not all of these other people. So it allows you to, again, awareness and objectively think about whose judgment is off. Is it all of these people or could it be my own judgment about myself? And, you know, maybe just in this moment, you're the one that can't be trusted when it comes to thoughts about yourself. And that's when I went back to that idea of the comparison. It's an act of violence against yourself. You can't trust yourself when you're acting out against yourself. So maybe it's not everybody else who's, you know, missing all of your inadequacies or underestimating your own talents. Maybe it's you. The other piece, which we talked about, was comparing yourself to people. Um, I think in some ways the ability to compare ourselves with others can be a good tool because it can show us our strengths 
but also where we might need to improve on things. The problem is comparing ourselves accurately almost always never happens. Because our starting point whenever we compare ourselves to someone is the belief that that person is better or, you know, more competent or, you know, whatever it is. And so we underestimate our strengths from the get-go and we start to overplay the talents of others. And that's why it is an act of violence against ourselves. We're setting ourselves up to fail. And so what I recommend doing and what I've started to do is that you have to, you have to, until you're able, I guess I'll say it in this way, until you're able to acknowledge your own strengths and abilities, you can't compare yourself to anyone else because you're going to be seeing it from a skewed lens. So you have to first learn how to acknowledge your own strengths and abilities first, and then use the research of someone else objectively, not to not to torture yourself or bring your own self down. And I think it's important to see it as in you, and I I talk about this in the book as well. You don't want to compare yourself to how other people are. What I think is better is to compare how they think. Because if there's something that you're attracted to in that person and how they build a business or have a life, then start to figure out how is it that they think and and emulate that, not so much what they do. Because I think that if you can keep it subjective in that way, that's when you can start to learn something. That's when you keep the judgment off of yourself. And that's when you can start actually focusing on yourself in a really positive way. The other thing that was huge for me was to remember to go easy on myself. I think that that is a big one. Um, A lot of times we want to be hard on ourselves when we make mistakes or when we're learning. And, you know, I think that's what often feeds imposter syndrome is, is our inability to see everything as a learning process and really to see it as a gift. There are no more jobs where you can just like learn to do something and then that's what you do for the next 40 years. I mean, clearly you guys wouldn't be listening to this podcast (laughs) if that was the case, right? Like we live in this new world. And so, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It is such a gift to be able to really learn anything that we want to learn at the click of a button. We can Google something. We can listen to a podcast. We can read a blog. Like there's so many different ways in which we can just absorb anything that we want. And it's a beautiful thing. And so it's really about embracing that idea of living on the edge of your comfort zone. We're never going to be the expert enough. So, because as soon as we check off the box or approach that mark, we're going to be challenged with some other new next level. There's always a next level. And so if we can learn how to go easy on ourselves along the way, and remember that it's all a learning process and mistakes are part of it, it's going to allow yourself to acknowledge that we cannot know everything. And that may be able to kind of ease the feeling of being an imposter. You know, we will never be able to know everything. We'll never be able to read every single book in the world. We'll never be able to listen to every single podcast. We'll never be able to read every word on the internet. So go easier on yourself. It's okay. You're not going to be found out. 
you're perfect the way that you are today. And the last thing that I want to leave you with, because I think that it is important as well, is to really start to own your light and to own your success and to own the life that you've had and the experiences that it's given you. You know, you didn't just get lucky by chance. Um, you know, you did something just didn't happen to you and it laid on your lap. And I think that, you know, not so surprisingly, I think women tend to do this more often as a woman. Um, because we feel like, you know, it couldn't actually come from our own talent and brains. It had to be something out there. And so that is something that I think can be very helpful as well is owning tooting your own horn, owning your own success and holding firm to what you want. Because the fear of being found out can sabotage success as it drives us to settle for less than what we want. We actually don't get what we want because the fear of being found out holds us back. So while our fears may want us to kind of stick with what we've got, Letting fear kind of just sit in the passenger seat, (laughs) you know, don't try to rid it or don't try to get, you know, don't try to push it out. Just it is what it is. And so we have to be willing to lay ourselves on the line, to be vulnerable. It's like what I said earlier during this conversation that my fear of being found out, it really came from this fear of, I'm afraid that I'm going to show the world who I am and I'm going to be rejected for it. You know, I'm going to be the little girl in the sandbox at school that nobody wants to play with. And that's really what it comes from. And so if you can learn how to lay your vulnerability on the line and lay your true self on the line, especially when your fears are wanting you to play safe. That's where the goodness is. And the way to do that is courage. You got to have the courage to take on the challenges, to get what you want, to overcome the fear, and to really lose the delusion of being found out. Because when you refuse to let your doubts dictate those choices, that's when you open the new doors for opportunity. And that's when you uncover just how much you're really capable of and how much you can really do. And that's when you allow your inner light, your inner star quality to shine. We all have that inner star quality. You know, you hear it all the time in Hollywood. It's the it factor. It's, you know, oh, this person, she just, she or he just had that star quality. We all have it. There's just those who let the fear get in the way. And then those, there are those who allow the courage to set them up to take it to the next level. And so with that, I just want to remind you that you know, we're all writing our life story with just every single today that we have. And so I want you to ask yourself today, am I moving in a positive direction? Am I moving towards what I want? Because if not, perhaps you need to make some changes. 
And I know that I can do nothing to change the past except start repeating it in the present. That's the only thing. I can't change what has happened, but I can change me wanting to repeat it in this current moment. And if life is built upon these layers of just little everyday accomplishments, then I think setting goals and taking risks, it becomes nothing more than a daily strive to make life better, to get what we want. And so that's what I would encourage you to do today, that if the fear can't go away, can you take some kind of tiny action today and tomorrow that allows you to be more effective than just months of frazzled, frenzied inactivity because of your fear, and then you try to make some radical changes overnight, and then they don't come to fruition, and then you start doubting yourself again. I think the more peaceful way to approach it is taking it day by day and seeing how far you can come with just those little moments and those little changes. And when I face a new challenge, I try to take the beginning of that, wherever it may be, and just start from there. And that's what I want to encourage you, do, you, you to do as well today. I want you to start where you are because no one can make you change. No one can stop you from changing. No one really knows how you should change until you start. And it only takes just a slight pivot in direction to begin to change your life and to get what you want. And that's what I want to leave you with today. So I hope that this was as enlightening for you as it was for me as I was going through my journey of writing my book last year. I can't wait for you to read it. It has been such an exploration of myself, as you saw a little bit today. I go into a lot of stories and details about, you know, things that I explained today. And I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to have the courage to do it. And I hope that it gives you the inspiration or the strength to do something that you've been wanting to do for a long time. That's my hope. Until next week, I hope you have a great, beautiful beginning of this new year and this new month. If there was something that you really connected with today, I would love to hear about it. The best way to do that is by heading over to Instagram and you can follow me at Jules Solomon, J-U-L-S-S-O-L-O-M-O-N. Just screenshot the episode on your phone and then post it up on an Instagram story, tag me. And just make a quick note about what the biggest takeaway for you was today or what was the biggest aha moment or what made you just think differently. And, you know, even bookmark this episode, come back to it if you want to journal around it. I know that I share it a lot and um, we could probably talk about this in an entire year of a podcast, not just an episode, but I would love to know what you're going to be taking with you and what, what really left a significant mark on your day. All right, everybody, until next time, talk soon. All right, that is it for today. Now, are you ready to make more money and impact? If so, head over to juliesolomon.net slash accelerator to learn more about my coaching program and apply. All right, I'll see you again, same time, same place next week.